Hello one and all, and welcome to the 150th episode of the Voluntary Viewing Podcast, recorded on August 1st, 2021. We made it to August. A lot of shit happened in July, which is weird, right? I don't know. <laughs> Immediately undercutting myself. That's my oh, oh, today. Fuck apparently. it, man. Just lights a cigarette, and puts head down on the table. God damn it all, it's motherfucker! Been, it's been two weeks since we've done one of these. I'm a little rusty. It's been two weeks since I've been. I don't even know what that song is. Uh, one week, bare naked ladies. Oh yeah. Oh, is yeah, it Bare Naked Ladies? That's the one. I'm sorry. BNL can... has two Billboard Choice Awards to your zero. <laughs> Maybe you want to figure out your own stuff before you start going after one of Canadians' most beloved bands, you selfish, jaded ass. Canadia. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> like any any country where like the people and with AN should yeah be like like Norwegia and like Canada <laughs> like they should all be absolutely the Latin or whatever yeah. singular form. I mean Fuck yeah. And the man who is in is also a man who doesn't want to hear any questions about the tables. <laughs> Ryan Holtz. Freddy! Freddy got my tables all dirty! <laughs> it's like you just threw them on the ground. Ah! <laughs> I feel like you guys are still talking about I think you should leave with Tim Robinson. Yeah. No, you knew it. Yeah. You, you, you nailed it. It's yeah. that style. I, uh, what, I, when I was out in Florida, I listened to a couple of the episodes of the podcast you guys did, and I did not expect an entire episode to be dedicated solely to just talking about... <laughs> bits from i think you should leave with tim robinson you're ranking them yeah my only definitive quarantine cast ranking my only exposure to i think you should leave with tim robinson is a 30 second clip that i saw from it at the beginning of a binging with babish episode where he did sloppy steaks (laughs) he did sloppy (laughs) yeah and it's fucking gold yeah and if you like auntie donna uh tim robinson is just like the american uh, aggressive form yep. of Antitana, like just absurdist sketch comedy. <laughs> and it's very hit or miss. It is, you'll get gold and you'll get sh- sketches that you're like, ooh, but it was only lasted right. a minute, so you're like, whatever. Okay, <laughs> On I to st- the next one. I stand by it. I stand by what I said in that quarantine cast episode where I said, I, I can't recommend this show to people. The only guarantee I know if somebody's going to like it is if they're already watching it and enjoying it. Yeah. It's very in your face. It's mean. <laughs> <laughs> but of course, Andrew's not watching season two of I Think You Should Leave. That's because he's too busy watching and trying to keep Corn Cob TV alive. <laughs> I don't know what you guys want from me. <laughs> I really we want don't. you to quote it verbatim like we are. Uh, yeah, okay. Direct that TV is... is looking to drop 23 premium channels from its subscription model coming in August. One of those, of course, being Corn Cob TV and its hit new show, Coffin Flop. 
See, I did actually see the whole coffin flop thing like on Twitter because people were posting photos of this. Yeah. Like like it was real. <laughs> you must have rigged the coffins. There's no way that many coffins have the, the bottoms drop out and the corpses fall out. I didn't rig shit. I didn't do shit. We just film funerals and this keeps happening. Why are so many of them naked? (laughs) Why are a tenth of them nude? They're telling me you gotta have permission to air this on live TV. No, I don't. They don't have souls. (laughs) I've been waiting for years for a hit on Corncob TV. And now you're gonna fuck me like this? To all of our loyal viewers out there, you've listened to the Volunteer Viewing Podcast, and over the last year and a half, you've somehow continued to listen to the Quarantine Cast. I'm here to tell you today, as a special brand new offering, the Volunteer Viewing Podcast Cinematic Universe is launching their third and absolutely not final podcast, (laughs) the I Think You Should Leave cast. (laughs) With Lucas and Ryan, and not Andrew, because Andrew is quitting. <laughs> yeah. Andrew can't put up with four minutes of me and Lucas having fun talking about this. <laughs> Meanwhile, Chainsaw Man, Death Stranding, like just all these topics that I can't participate That's in. That's what the viewers wanted, Ryan. <laughs> they just, we were just looking at the metrics. More manga, more manga. <laughs> can't get enough. <laughs> Uh, and I can't get enough classic cars because I have three of the Barracudas, <laughs> three of the Roadrunners, uh, and now that this deal has gone through, three of the Novas. My name is yeah. Lucas DeRyder, and I now have three of the Novas. Triples is safe. Yeah. Triples is best. <laughs> can we? Can you we probably mention... saw a lot of that too because Bob Odenkirk. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say. Can we say like so. at least Bob Odenkirk's okay? Apparently. Yeah. 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 No, that was. Uh, last episode of the quarantine cast. Oh, okay. Yeah. I, I think it was, yeah, like the the fandom of I think you should leave, just giving him that extra yeah. fucking energy, man. I, I loved I loved that like he's just now that I mean, granted, he was a sketch comedian, like Mr. Show it kind right. of launched modern sketch comedy in a lot of ways, <laughs> but like, yeah, I think he was revitalized and brought into the forefront and everyone's like, wait, the guy who plays the scumbag lawyer is a mm-hmm. funny sketch comedian like, yeah that's his whole deal yeah wild it's like oh no that was what he was known for he was a writer and a performer mm-hmm. in sketch comedy i you know. how did bob odenkirk not end up with his own talk show like you know like him and john stewart i remember kind of started out together i think it was beneath him right like i think he was just <laughs> too good of an actor right to, to just be like a host. You know? I can go to the I can go to the shows, man. I can be on the screen. I don't need to talk to people. And I don't live in a hotel. <laughs> <laughs> that fucking, Too good. Oh god. <laughs> it's a show that's it's like Monty Python and the Holy Grail where it's more fun to quote yep. than to watch. Like it, it is <laughs> okay. fun to watch, but it's way more fun to just like take delight in 
doing random bullshit quotes all the time. Like sketches that I didn't really find that funny mm-hmm. are still really fucking fun to quote on Twitter and so like to inter- like interact with other fans of the show with on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> like the one of my least favorite sketches of this season was the adult ghost tour, mm-hmm. but I feel like that's one of the ones that gets the most traction on like I think you should leave Twitter <laughs> and it's it is fun every time I see a reference to it, even though this sketch itself was really bad for me. <laughs> I'm not trying to make anyone have the worst day of their job. I'm just politely asking, do any of those fuckers ever fly in here and jizz everywhere with their giant horse cocks? Did you make any friends? <laughs> not really. <laughs> <laughs> yeah 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 ah. oh, man. yeah Andrew you're like an anti-vaxxer who's just like oh, <laughs> oh no. okay no oh, no no I'm I don't out. care what the punchline of that joke I'm is I'm missing out my rights are being taken away I can't participate oh like well you could it's free <laughs> Andrew oh Andrew there are no punchlines and I think you should leave <laughs> it's just a descent. There's there really aren't though. No. There's never a build up. Like it's just continual absurdist comedy that just doesn't really doesn't have like a setup punchline structure at all. And you kind of expect it and that's what fucks with you is that there isn't one. Auntie Donna tries to like punctuate their their sketches I feel like and I think you should leave. Just does not. They don't the, give a fuck. This sounds bad. And and don't get me wrong. <laughs> I talked to Jade about it last night. I think we're going to try to watch it in the next couple yes! of days. I don't think I'm going to like it. Yeah, you won't. <laughs> <laughs> and I like Andy Donna. I like Monty Python. I, I like a lot of absurdist shit. This doesn't sound good to me. It's fucking beloved. Yeah, <laughs> like it, I, I hope that I getting, do like it. I don't like to hate things. I just do hate a lot of things. <laughs> it's getting traction where Auntie Donna didn't. Like, Auntie Donna was good, and people liked it, and especially in their niche community that they formed, people right. enjoy it. But I think You Should Leave is getting mainstream recognition, which is cool. So. Yeah. And we are going to recognize some mainstream news in News of the Week. Netflix is going to add video games to its subscription streaming service sometime soon. I don't think anyone is excited about this. So this was my question from the beginning, and we talked about it a little bit before the podcast before Andrew hopped on. But, like, what do you think their delivery method is going to be? Of this, because yeah, if it's what you said, Lucas, and mm-hmm. it's just like Bandersnatch clones, I'm gonna be real upset. Yeah, <laughs> like if they're calling that just video games now. How? Yeah, I'm. I need. I need to read the article. I haven't had the chance to do so. Is it going to be that Netflix is going to be producing video games? I, I, I'm putting in air quotes here because we don't really know what that is yet. Right. Or is it going to be that? Yeah, if you have Netflix on your on your Xbox, right, you can play Xbox games. You can stream them through Netflix. Mm-hmm. Like, is is that how it's gonna work? Yeah, it or or is Netflix just gonna be like, yeah, we made a AAA video game. Here's the Netflix controller. 
and it's just going to be like Google Stadia, or yeah, is it going to be Bandersnatch shit? Or is it going to be like, uh, like PlayStation or PlayStation Plus's like game of the month, where like mm-hmm. Netflix finds an older game that's kind of like starting to, you know, lose any actual market appeal and just pays the developers to let all Netflix subscribers download the game for free for a month. Like, right. Yeah. I don't know. It's just, There's a lot of models in it, and yeah, they don't specify. Yeah, it's I just know. a Bloomberg report basically going like, they're going to do it. So, yeah. Our, yeah, they're, they're, like you said, there are a lot of models. There's so many different fucking weird video game product services out there. Mm-hmm. And streaming videos. I mean, like, but like... Video streaming services are more or less the same basic concept all around. Yeah. It's just the content I- difference. Mm-hmm. I don't know what this is going to be. Yeah. Our... Yeah, I I guess the first question I have is, are you going to create a remote computer situation kind of like what google stadia does so you can play this on anything basically what i'm curious about is can you turn your roku tv remote into a controller and play assassin's creed with that i'd be amazed if that's what they're talking about i i (sighs) highly doubt it yeah the amount of investment that that took especially when it failed it's been done and it failed miserably yeah no one's gonna try to do what google stadia did for a long time maybe ever yeah because it didn't work yeah 5g though it's gonna fix all these problems (laughs) yeah not if it gives me cancer gives me covid I'm Andrew, and I'm here to tell you that the vaccine puts 5G in you, and you wouldn't like that. Trust me. Wait, so I'm a walking hotspot, basically? I never have to deal no, with having no reception ever again? Yeah. Don't make this positive. <laughs> it's backfired. Like uh, Trump Jr.'s tweet about yeah, vaccine, vaccine passport or uh, requiring vaccine cards for to, to in order vote. to vote. They're like, yeah. <laughs> everyone's like, wait, <laughs> wait, we could do that. <laughs> Let's do it. Vaccine cards are free. It's actually better than requiring any other ID. Yeah, and only certain kinds of people are vote or vac- vaccinated. Oh wait, wait, hold on. A lot of black people aren't vaccinated. We don't actually. I don't want to do this. It's like 75% of Democrats and 41% of Republicans. Mm-hmm. It's, it would it would give clear landslide victories to Democrats across the board. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I think that's more the meme is like, well, yeah, no, we can't do that. But also, let's do it because you suggested it, which makes it fucking hilarious that it would cause the ruin of your political party. And also because it is actually a better solution than proposed republican voter id laws mm-hmm. yeah it well, is a poll tax it costs money to get a federally issued yeah no ID. exactly the it is because the republican quote-unquote solution is not a solution it's a prevention it's causing a problem yeah. and we all know why yeah no like i think uh, my stance has always been like if there were to be a free like federally issued identification that would get mailed to every single citizen who is eligible to vote in United States elections, then I don't care. Yeah. Sounds like a non-issue. But that's not what they want. So yeah, it's bullshit. Like 
I don't give a fuck if that's your actual plan, if you're going to actually do that and mail it out to every single person and blah, 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 whatever. But that's not what you want to do. Nah. So, yeah, in this way, vaccines are all free. All the cards are free. You just have to choose to do it. So it is actually better. Yeah, we should use vaccine cards as voter registration. <laughs> JK, unless. <laughs> uh, fucking memes are how we cope with current states of politics. Um, fuck the switch parenthesis OLED model, unparenthesis. Valve unveils the Steam Deck. A Switch-like device that will allow you to play Steam games on the go. I don't know who's going to buy this, and it looks unappealing to me in a way I'm not totally sure how to articulate. Lucas, it's clearly, obviously, Uh for people that are too hardcore video game or too into video games to buy something dumb and casual like the Switch... Right. But, you know, not so into video games that they would spend, I don't know, like one or two hundred extra dollars to build a PC. <laughs> and they want to play on the go. Yeah. But don't do mobile gaming. Well, play on the go. Not a, like a decent it's, gaming laptop, though. It's not for that people. <laughs> it's for people that want to play the Hunt Showdown in 800p. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I love that as like a selling point. They were like, oh, this can run all the modern AAA titles uh, because the resolution is only 720p. (laughs) I get it. It's a smaller screen. Right. In theory, you don't need as much resolution, but it's just a weird... (laughs) You're you're saying it like it's a feature that the resolution is so low. (laughs) Good news, everyone. It looks bad. (laughs) Don't worry, guys. We can run it on pretty high settings. Oh, by the way, yeah, I was right about those weird little pad things under the joysticks. Those are absolutely, like, track pads to, like, replicate a mouse. Oh, no. Mm. Yeah. I loved those guys. Or it was one of the reviews, and they were just like, oh, it's surprising how uh, intuitive it is and how it kind of feels like just a normal mouse. And I'm like, no, fucking doesn't. Like, come on. <laughs> you know it doesn't. Like, if you've played PC games, a trackpad is not even close to a it's, legitimate replacement for a mouse. It's, it's the same as if you are playing like a shooter game on your phone and you drag your thumb across the screen to make you yeah. aim. That's that's what it is. Like a pro gamer. Yeah. <laughs> pro, gamer fa- pro gamers famously love touch controls. Yeah. I'm using tilt controls. <laughs> um... So I also saw that there are like different levels of it because one version costs 400, one costs 600, and one costs 800, I think. I don't um, know what the differences are between them. Isn't it all like just storage? So is that okay, it? I got it here. It uh, 400 for the 64 gigabyte internal yeah. storage. Yeah, it's just storage. <laughs> Does this have expandable like SSD storage? Because 64 is not nearly enough. No, that's like one game. That's like GTA 5, maybe. You can't play a Call of Duty on this with that no, level of storage. No. Um, Battlefield. Okay, big jump. 530 for 256 gigabyte SSD storage and exclusive Steam community profile bundle. Oh yeah. <laughs> what does that even mean? Get those badges. 
I don't, I don't fucking know. And then 650 for 512 gigabytes SSD and an anti-glare etched glass screen. That seems what? necessary. Yeah, right. wait, what? That's that's for not a hand on held? the other versions? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think you need the anti-glare screen for a handheld like, console. <laughs> can you... You can adjust the brightness, though, on a base model, right? Because that's well, what I just I'm, do for a Switch when I'm playing in, like, yeah, There's no way light. you can't. Like, yeah. But what if I'm you I'm sure, can't? but, like, <laughs> how much does it really cost to put in an anti-glare screen? Like, is that... 30 extra bucks for the manufacturer. And you can that feels only like get that on the $800 model? <laughs> Jesus. Yeah. Um, clearly, Valve believes in this project, though, because just to get a spot in line to pre-order this game, not like a down payment on a pre-order, to have the opportunity of, pay, of pre-ordering the Steam Deck, you gotta pay five bucks. What? Yeah. yeah. Meanwhile, they sold the, um, what's it called, uh, the Steam Link mm-hmm. that I use to play Steam games on my TV for like two bucks. Mm. Like, I'm not joking. They, they, were... they must have just made too many and they were just desperately trying to get rid of warehouse space. And they sold it for like two dollars. It was great. Giving that shit away. Damn. Yeah, it was like ten bucks shipping. Mm-hmm. Like, the, the shipping was five times as much as the price of the Steam Link. It's like <laughs> Jesus Christ, this is a no-brainer. No. Okay, that is going to take us to definitely the biggest story in gaming these past couple weeks. Activision Blizzard is being sued by the state of California for being, I. I wish my grasp of language was better to find a more appropriate word, but the only thing I can think of is just a comically sexist organization. To the point of being a cliche. To the point of being a stereotype. It is fucking ridiculous what was going on there. Yeah, no, just, like, bad, bad stuff. Like, just worst-case scenario sexist shit. I... The kind of stuff that everyone knows is going on all the time, everywhere. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But hey, at least Activision is responding in the way that everyone knows that they should. Hiring a union-busting firm to make yep. sure that their employees don't try to unionize after this. By, by having a former Bush, Bush, spoke, Bush administration spokesperson say that uh, this is just government overreach. This is just... This is just the lazy feds looking for something to do, not accurate. What's just fucking deny, deny, deny. It's fake news. No. This is cancel culture. I mean, you joke, but yeah, that's going to be their defense. No, yeah. I know. I'm, I'm, I'm not joking. That's all gonna... I'm being serious. <laughs> and meanwhile, a woman was literally driven to kill herself due to how she was treated while working at Blizzard Activision. Um, Yeah, so Frances Townsend has been just, I don't know what her response strategy has been, what Blizzard's response strategy has been, because she is just seemingly stoking the flames of generating bad public opinion, even worse public opinion of the company. 
there was a walkout on Wednesday. Um, several Activision Blizzard employees issued some demands. Um, no talk of unionization yet, but it was stuff like uh, getting rid of arbitration for contracts, um, general workers' rights stuff that should probably be in place already. But, yeah, it fucking what i how did i know how it gets this bad i know how this kind of foster develop uh, how this kind of culture can foster but for the state to go after a company is when just ridiculous god yeah yeah bad not good not a good time. Good luck to all those employees. Um, anything happening in television or film we should talk about? Hmm. Everyone hates Space Jam 2. Right? Yeah. Because they forget how bad Space Jam 1 was. Fair. Because they were little little baby children. Little babies. They were like, oh, Bugs Bunny dunking. Whoa. This is so good. It lost all the charm of the original, and it's like... I mean... Because of all the ad placement, and it was like, what? The first one was that. I, The entire movie was maybe, you could argue, just an ad from Michael Jordan coming back to basketball. Like... Yeah. Fuck. After, uh, and I, I'm 100% bought into this, that he was suspended for a year for gambling and all sorts of, like problems like betting on nba games and stuff like that mm -hmm. and the nba needed to keep that under wraps because he was literally the face of the sport yeah of all time like they needed him to not be tarnished like pete rose was so they said you're we're gonna suspend you for a season uh Go do something but else. we're not gonna announce it mm -hmm. and he was like i'm gonna play pro baseball and that'll be the excuse for why i'm retiring for a year and yeah I, I will. I will never. That no one. I don't think anyone can change my mind on that. Yeah. I am pretty certain that that's exactly what happened. Although you say the sequel loses the charm of the original, they do kill Bugs Bunny. Bugs Bunny does die in Space Jam Two. Good. <laughs> he deserves Bugs it. Bugs Bunny's a fucking asshole. Eh? Well. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he is. He <laughs> kind of just is. He's. Can be a lovable asshole at times, but he's absolutely an asshole. He mostly goes after people who deserve it. Mm. Well. He's a terrorist. <laughs> like. yeah. Elmer Fudd is trying to murder him, and that opera singer was rude. Yeah, I was going to say, <laughs> and the opera singer was just a little bit rude. Like, Yeah. Bugs Bunny, uh, canonically, like, super racist against Asian people. Like, That's fair. We're going <laughs> to... Yeah. We can talk about some problems here, like mm -hmm. not if you look at him as a as an actual being that exists, which is what you have to do if you're gonna say Elmer Fudd <laughs> is in the wrong when he's literally hunting rabbits, like then we can talk about his actual opinions that he's had over the years. So yeah. Yeah. I'm fine with him dying. <sighs> first first one, not great. Hmm. Rewatch it as an adult and tell me that it's not, like, just a mediocre kids movie. 
with really bad acting. Michael Jordan can't act. I I don't know if LeBron James can act, but he can act LeBron better James, than Michael Jordan. LeBron James is a passable non-actor. Yeah. Like, with yeah. the proper direction, LeBron James can deliver a performance. LeBron Michael Jordan James is not yeah. an actor. LeBron has like charisma and has been on the screen before. He's yeah. done this kind of thing, at least in a smaller capacity. And he's probably not going to win any Oscars anytime soon, but... Holy fucking shit, can Michael Jordan not act? Michael Jordan, the hyper-serious, like, competitive asshole that, like, constantly demands the best out of everyone uh, versus LeBron James, the fucking cornball, like, (laughs) Taco Tuesday guy. Yeah, just dicks around all the time when he's not, like, in the playoffs. Like, yeah. I, I can I, I could guess who would be the better actor. Mm. Yeah. All right. That's going to take us into the other category. Um, Kickstarter shuts down a campaign for a supposed anime streaming platform, AnimeTube. The campaign was criticized as being misleading and having unrealistic goals, such as licensing hundreds of high-profile anime and building a website and AI assistant on a budget of $50,000. Look what they did to my boy. The man is just trying to keep us down. Big Crunchyroll is trying to <laughs> trying to stop any competition. This was actually going to be a platform for the consumer, and they're trying to take it down. They're trying to silence us. I... Yeah. Great points. They're making great points. Except what they were pitching was completely unrealistic, and anyone who knew anything about the biz knows that. 50k would be the license fee for, like, a mid-tier show, I imagine. Yeah. Like, let alone an actual platform. Mm-hmm. And actually running it, like, having servers and, like, being able to host stuff. Also, like, they were... God, just doing sketchy stuff, like, right out of the gate. Like, they they said in the campaign, oh, yeah, we've reached out to companies about acquiring the licenses to these shows. And then somebody got in the comments on Twitter, like, hey, so I'm in charge of licensing at this company. We own these. I haven't talked to you. And they were like, oh, no, we went to the Japanese company about this. And, like, one, sure you did. Two... Did you fucking try to go above me on this? Did you just admit to like, uh, no, we're not talking. To, we're talking to your boss. Like that's that's who we're in meetings with. Yeah. Like what the we're, fuck? We're pretty big league guys. Yeah, like, no, I dude, know we're just a random Kickstarter. We've got but... almost fifty thousand dollars in our Kickstarter, dude. <laughs> Maybe you should get on my level. Yeah, guy in charge of licensing for a major media corporation probably makes five times that every year for their kickstarter also i i've read the kickstarter before it was shut down some of it was weird and not very clear it was like because it was a scam it wasn't real it was never going to happen one of their pitches was uh, crunchyroll and funimation suck they have bad ui design and there are ads on them on our platform the ui is going to be great and you can pay not to have ads on the platform like every other subscription service. Like, I don't. <laughs> yeah, I see that about Hulu a lot where people are like, Hulu's fucking F tier in comparison with Netflix with all their ads. And it's just like, 
the Hulu ad free subscription price is lower than Netflix's. Mm. Like I'm not yeah. I'm not saying that like Hulu's better than Netflix, but like you're complaining about ads, which means you're paying for the shitty tier, which is like a third of Netflix's price. Like Yeah. I don't I don't understand. You don't get basic economics? Like, yeah. If you don't pay as much, they gotta make their money back somehow. Mm. Like you're gonna get some ads. Yeah. I don't. Fucking They're not gonna wild. get ads. They're gonna get ads. <laughs> no one's gonna get ads. Or people say that about HBO, where they're like, I pay so much for HBO just to get commercials. And it's like, they're like 30 second bumpers mm-hmm. for, for HBO other shows. HBO shows yeah, that's that it. you probably will enjoy. If you watch them. And also, I've binged a lot on HBO. And when I would binge, they would only do that for the first episode of the binge. And then right. they could just watch straight through and keep watching more episodes of the same show. I don't... So... You know what? Not to not to defend advertisements. Not to defend capitalism. But, like, back when we were doing HBO, uh, Game of Thrones watch parties, that would set the tone a little bit, you know? To get the sizzle reel of, yeah, this is all the HBO shit. And then you got the static fade-in of the yeah. logo. And then the... Yeah. It's like, like, here we go. This is starting. That's, yeah. I don't know if you've ever had it where, like, you make a playlist and you play it so much that you memorize the order... So like the end from now for the rest of your life, the ending of one song, yeah. your brain starts to get ready for yep. what you know to be the next song in the playlist. That's me with yeah. When you hear the HBO logo, I always expect to hear the <laughs> and just like here we go. Yeah, but yeah. That, I don't know. Yeah, it's not defending capitalism. It's more just like be realistic. Like right. understand why because it feels like you're complaining without. Mm-hmm. Just a base level knowledge of why things are the way they are. Like, I can understand if you were making your argument from a place of like, no, this sucks. The product is compromised. But it seems like more you just have no knowledge of how anything works. You think things are all just like free and like the Game of Thrones, which costs like $20 million an episode to produce, can just operate at a loss. Like, I'm sorry. So, ad, I'm sorry. Ad blockers don't apply to MP4s, my dude. Like, I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> so, I think this is a good segue into a question that I've wanted to ask you guys for a long time. Okay. Um, it's it's like uh, the last couple of months. Like, I've been thinking like, oh, this episode, I'm finally gonna bring this up. I keep forgetting. And then I saw Freddie Wong actually tweeted a couple weeks ago, like asking the, the exact same question. I'm like, oh, this is perfect. I'll ask it then, and then I never did. You know, we're talking about Game of Thrones and HBO and all these other streaming services. I remember it was a conversation that we were having back in college that it was kind of a well-accepted thing that we are currently in the golden age of TV. We're not sure if movies are as good as they were in the past or will be as good as they are in the future. Um, You know, there's a lot of franchises that way, but, like, we... We're in the golden age of TV right now. So my two-part question is, was that true? And if it is, is that over? If that was the golden age of television, you know, like, and the, with the exclamation point being obviously Game of Thrones, but then Breaking Bad and all those other shows that were huge that everyone was watching and talking about at the same time, 
was that the golden age of television? And if it was, has it ended? And we're now in something else. I'll say A. Um, I think it peaked then higher than it is nowadays. I don't know if that's going to be the canonical. Mm -hmm. That was the best era of television. I don't know that we're not going to get to that place again. Um, Because the fragmentation of audiences uh, just continued. Like right. we, It was the perfect meeting point of where audiences hadn't fragmented enough to where they were expecting this really niche content like I Think You Should Leave with Tim Robinson or like something that appeals just to them mm -hmm. and maybe 500,000 other people. We were at that crossroads where people weren't quite to that point and also there was so much choice that there was so much content being churned out that like stuff would catch on and when it caught on it fucking like lit yeah. on fire and the whole world was taken over by this one show and i just don't think we're quite in that space yet and then to adapt to the fact that these niche audiences were forming i think most of those big name companies with maybe the exception of hbo but i don't think that they've quite found their game of thrones replacement that like is just high quality and massive. Um, all those companies started just making shit. Mm -hmm. <laughs> just making bad, mediocre fucking TV. Yeah. And not caring that it was mediocre because 500,000 people are going to watch it and that's all they care about. Like, you just need the audience that it's intended for to watch it. And you don't really give a fuck if it's actually any good. Right. And that has become a very successful model, and every company is kind of copying that. Um, so I think there was that era where the crossroads of like quality content was still being made because they hadn't quite discovered that you could just throw a bunch of bullshit at the wall mm -hmm. until something stuck. And also, audiences weren't expecting that bullshit of like just this is made literally for like women aged 23 to 25 who live in the Midwest. Yep. Like just so remarkably specific and niche where like it couldn't possibly catch fire and become like a global phenomenon in the uh -huh. same way. Gotcha. So I'm going to say, yeah, I think it was. I don't know that it's like going to always be the quote unquote golden age, but like the golden age of cinema, like, you know, yeah. was declared that and has probably been surpassed since then at some point, but it was declared that, and I think that it's fair to call it the golden age of TV, and I do think that, yeah, we're not there anymore. We have moved on to another era of, like, just fucking micro-casting. Mm -hmm. Just, like, you don't need, you know, to be a global phenomenon. It can help. Like, it can be a big tent programming of, like, this will get more people on your streaming service, but... In the grand scheme of things, you really need name recognition so that people will actually buy your streaming service and try it out and then just fucking narrow casting like yeah. a bunch of stuff. And being able to market that narrow casted uh, programming to the intended audience and having it catch on remarkably well with that intended audience. And that is a remarkably successful platform strategy and uh i think that it's out competing stuff like hbo when they try to mm -hmm. just make really really good stuff 
that people really like. And because of that, I think HBO is struggling to find that that Game of Thrones mm-hmm. because of the shifted landscape. So, um, yeah. I'm going to say I hope that wasn't the golden age of TV because Game of Thrones sucked and it would suck if no, the best yeah. television was defined yeah, Game by of Thrones did not, not a great suck. show. The ending, the ending yeah. of Game of Thrones the sucked. The ending of Game of Thrones sucked. If you're going to tell me, you're going to tell me to my face <laughs> that the first four seasons of Game of Thrones sucked, then I don't even know what to tell you, man. Yeah. Like, that shit was peak. Yeah. That was the best TV that's ever been made. The, like, the first four seasons of Game of Thrones was just so consistently mm-hmm. good and engaging where you couldn't stop thinking about it. And season five was, by comparison, not nearly as good as those previous five, four seasons, but still better than almost any other TV out there. And then yeah. season six was solid. And season... Well, it's, the problem was the consistency dropped off. Seasons yeah. one through four... Mm-hmm. Every episode was an 8 out of 10, bare minimum. Mm. And then you'd get the 10 out of 10 episodes. After that, it became, you'll get 10 out of 10 episodes sometimes. You'll get Hard Home. You'll get the Battle of Winterfell. You'll get, like, the crazy-ass, unbelievable episodes. But the ones in between them are, like, 5 out of 10. Like, just (laughs) not that great. So that's that's the issue. And then, yeah, the ending was just dog shit. And I'm not afraid to admit that. But... That I would argue, that's that was kind of already we were out of the true golden era where like people were like Andrew said like the shows that you brought up already mm-hmm. were kind of yeah more like late two thousand mm-hmm. late aughts early tens early teens or whatever the fuck like yeah. that 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 was already pretty decently out of that range of the golden era. Season so. four yeah. of Game of Thrones was. What, 2015, 2014, something like that? Yeah, I don't remember. Jesus. But it was a long time ago. Yeah. Yeah. Damn. So. Damn. Um, and it's, mm-hmm. it's one of those things where no one really called it the golden age of television until after the fact. Mm. I mean, I, I, was, I took television classes in... Yeah. 2014, 2015, no, this, they were absolutely yeah. referring to it as the golden age of television. Oh. The, the, we had these conversations in college of like, man, is the television in, a television industry like better than movies now? Is yeah. this where is the best content the lives? just the shit out of movies? Yeah. Actors, directors, auteurs were abandoning mm-hmm. movies to make TV. in favor of TVs. I, I would still argue, by the way, that the television industry is still better than movies right now especially when you look at what the fuck is in theaters and just how it's all just bullshit because that's all that studios can Uh, make nowadays there's like half a dozen good movies that come out every year yeah that's it and And they're all indie there's maybe one Mm -hmm. that comes out of a major studio and the rest of them are just indie like we're not trying to make millions of dollars we're just trying to make good movies like yeah what's i think that sorry go ahead lucas no, and I just want to say quick, I think that um, television kind of moving a bit further away from that model, just doing a more more of a scattershot of content, I definitely think I enjoyed that more than the quote-unquote golden age of TV where we did get a lot of like bigger stuff that like Game of Thrones, which was certainly impressive, but I don't know. I like finding like two or three weird shows every year that end up being some of my favorite TV shows of all time. 
Yeah, but I'd argue that that existed back then. That's fair. You still had the narrow shows Mm -hmm. on top of the just fucking gargantuan... Like, it was water cooler TV. That's the yeah. That's the buzzword that we use of, like, mm-hmm. this is what people are talking about. Like, yeah. this is literally the common ground. It doesn't matter your political affiliation. It doesn't matter how old you are. Like, everyone is watching this show, and they want to talk about it. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. that's that was a unique thing that existed before that, too. Like, think of Lost and stuff right. like that. Like, there were shows that were that big, but they didn't have, I would argue, that narrow like unique television. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think that now just the water cooler shows are kind of dying. Yeah. And we and we're shifting more to more of the only narrow. So I I preferred it when like I said, there was the meeting point of there was still narrow shows and there was still content out there for everyone on top of still having these fucking behemoths that literally tens of millions of people were watching like and that that was cool for me. I I enjoyed the first season of Westworld when you'd go on the Westworld subreddit and they were figuring it out. Like, <laughs> you you could participate in the literally figuring out the puzzle to the point where the creator got pissed off and said, <laughs> stop, <laughs> stop figuring out everything. Mm. <laughs> like, that's, that's pretty fucking awesome. That was a cool experience when everyone was just like, wait... I don't remember Bernard and Arnold's last names, but they were like, it's an anagram. Like, <laughs> Ber- like they they Ber- they knew Bernard's last name. And so then they said, oh, Bernard has some similar letters. Let's take his last name and his first name and find Arnold and make up a common last name. And they figured it out. Like, they, they were like, Bernard, blah, 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 has the same letters as Arnold, blah, blah, blah. Even though they didn't know Arnold's last name at the time, and then they cut to, the, in one of the episodes, they had his nameplate, and it was Arnold, last name, and they had his last name. Like, not only did they figure out that Bernard was Arnold, they figured out Arnold's fucking last name before they announced his last name. Like, that was fucking insane. That was yeah. really cool. So, like, yeah, I don't know. It was it was a fun time. Like, And I, I, I appreciated those shows, and I feel like that's kind of a bygone thing. Yeah. And if a show does hit, it just doesn't hit in the same way. It's like right. Tiger King, where it's like, fucking flash in the pan mm-hmm. for maybe a week people are like holy shit or like bridgerton it's like holy shit this is cool yeah. and then it's dead yeah i, I like think, I think it doesn't have the staying power i don't know if part of that is it's the model it's, it's the release it's model your, yeah you're releasing it all at once so that the there isn't dump. the opportunity to go and talk to your friends and co-workers every yep. single week on monday morning and be like yo guys that was fucking wild what's gonna happen next because yep. you you I, have seen all 10 to 15 hours of that show over the weekend yeah i even the uh, the show that comes to mind of just like a level of expensive as game of thrones was the boys i mean at its core that series is kind of a parody of superhero stories and mm-hmm. a lot of people just aren't down for that yeah the boys is not it, it's it's what I would call like narrow. They're spending a fuck ton of money, mm-hmm. and they're mm-hmm. clearly trying to bill it as a tentpole. But it's never going to be like the mainstream appeal of these other shows that came out. And like people are like, oh, it's because it's hyper violent. It's because it's edgy with its humor and stuff. It's like fucking Game of Thrones was literally like people's heads exploding and yep. just like full on penetrative sex. And you're gonna <laughs> tell me that like. The boys is like, you know, it's limiting. It's odd. It's like, no, it's just that it's never going to be as broad. Like it's the, in our, in our modern world, like 
I, I just don't think those shows can catch on anymore, which is fine. I'm not saying it's inherently a bad thing, and I've still found a ton of really good shows that I enjoy, uh, but I, I think I'm kind of craving. I enjoy going on the subreddits for shows and like mm-hmm. discussing the episode with uh, other people. Like it's it's part of my enjoyment. It's it's I do it with sports as well. I'll go into the post game threads on subreddits and like hear what people are talking about and everything like that and totally. watch Brooklyn Nets fans be like Giannis injured Kyrie and everyone's like you did it intentionally and everyone's like you you fucking morons like you're, <laughs> no you're a loser like get out of here we hate you and like downvote him and it's like yeah I uh I'm sorry Andrew you had uh, one more point um well I it was more of a question because uh, we okay. were like I think the moment was kind of lost but like we were talking for a little bit about like indie movies and like the state of film and stuff like that there's been a lot of really weird discourse about movies in the last couple of days on twitter i think it kind of started with cinema sins and how everyone realized they fucking hate cinema sins oh dude um, this has been a this has been a conversation happening in cycles yeah. since 2014 sure i i know but it's i i keep seeing more and more stuff that it just keeps evolving every day to the point now where it's like what is the point of Rotten Tomatoes and like our audience scores, you know, because they're like always different than critic scores. Who do you really listen to? Is it the critic who is paid to like a specific kind of movie and like use their pretentious yet definitely more uh, educated viewpoint on things? Or do you listen to the audience, the slovenly masses of proletariats (laughs) that usually have terrible opinions, but are the people and, you know, shit like that. And then, the the sticking point is always it always comes back to A24. Are A24 movies good or are A24 movies bad? And like that's it always comes back to A24 and I don't fucking get it. The problem with Rotten Tomatoes like the the criticism that like oh the audience score matters more than the critic score is because people still don't fucking understand mm-hmm. what the percentages yeah. are. Like yeah. they think Oh, the audience gave it an 80%. Thinking that the audience gave it an 8 out of 10. It's yeah. like, no, 80% of people, just random fucking Joe Schmo, said it was worth watching. Like, people are dumb, dude. Like, I, I just, yeah, they're going to be more easily impressed mm-hmm. than a critic. And they, they're going to say, yeah, it was worth the 10 bucks. I ate some popcorn and saw some explosions like yeah worth it to me and like yeah critics gonna expect a little bit more and yeah like if you consider yourself to be a bit of a cinephile your opinions are probably gonna line up a lot more with critics than with the audience because the audiences are fucking morons like and that's that's why we are where we are in terms of like the cinematic industry is because the only movies that make money are ones where fucking joe schmo is going like Iron Man punched Captain America. <laughs> Thumbs up from me. Like, the, you know, it's fucking bullshit. And yeah, movies are dead to me. Like, <laughs> Low key. They just are. My, my, TV's better. My, oh. my absolute favorite thing that I always see is some fucking asshole coming along and then reposting the, the you know, end fight from Avengers Endgame and being like, this is the greatest moment of cinematic history and you can't convince me otherwise. And then like 50 million comments of like, <laughs> go kill yourself, go kill yourself, go kill yourself. <laughs> like the dude who did it is obviously just baiting. Um, yeah. yeah. In the yeah. first Avengers movie, 
Yeah. Because it was unique mm. and new and really cool. And they were doing something different. Mm-hmm. By the time Endgame came around, there was 22 or 20, 20 something <laughs> fucking movies. They did it for so yeah. long. They had so. Every single movie that had more than one superhero would have an epic group shot moment. Like DC, Marvel, anything. Mm-hmm. If there was more than one superhero, there would be a moment where they all lined up and went like, here we go. Like, so completely, it was the coolest of all of those moments, but it had been done so much before that you can't tell me that the impact wasn't lost. Like in the original one, it was where the camera like did that circle yeah. and all of them were like looking out at the Chitari or whatever the fuck. And uh-huh. like the Hulk was like, Rah! and it was like, holy shit, they're all together. This is fucking crazy. But that was 2010. Yep. <laughs> a lot of shit has changed since then. And after nine years of that shit, nah, nah, it does not have the same impact. It was a good ending. It was like, all right, done. No more Marvel for me. And I am, I have not regretted it once. You guys talk about WandaVision. And I'm like, cool. I'm glad they're enjoying it. People talk about Spider-Man Far From Home. And I'm like, cool. I'm glad they're enjoying it. No desire whatsoever to watch any of those. So... <laughs> Uh, just to bookend this a little bit and move on to our next uh, section. As I see, we have five minutes left in this particular call. Uh, <laughs> and I will say that I don't look at scores very often, but when I do, the, the either way, a discrepancy between audience and critic scores, those are the movies I think I tend to like the most and get the most excited about. When the critics like it more or the audience like way. it more? You mean when either there's way. a big discrepancy oh. and it's controversial is what he's saying. Yeah. Like, I'm but it's fucking... usually it's never that the critics like it more and the audiences hate it. Oh, Green Knight, the, the, the Green Knight. There's a big ass controversy about that oh, movie. One movie. It's one movie. Like I don't know. And in comparison with like you said, most movies where the audience likes it and the critics don't. Like, insert blockbuster here. Audience score eighty three percent. Critics score twenty percent. Like, that's. I think yeah. I think that's the thing with A twenty four movies though is that why that keeps coming up because the critic scores are always really high, and the mm-hmm. audience scores are usually pretty low. Um, once again, people are dumb. Yeah, there was no superhero punching a villain in this movie. Thumbs down. I didn't like the homoerotic uh, tension Ser- between yes! uh, Willem Dafoe yeah. and. Fuck exactly. Dude. How many homophobic movie yeah. critics do you think exist in the year twenty twenty one? How many homophobic movie viewers audience yeah. members are there? I'm going to go ahead and say 30%. Like <laughs> 30%. So right there. It's right there if the movie has any gay scenes, the absolute maximum score it can get is like 70%. So r- right there, perfect example of how bullshit the audience score is. Like I think I think we're all in agreement yeah. on this one. I don't listen to the audience scores very often. Um, yeah, and I happen to like a lot of A twenty four movies, and people make me feel bad about that because they're like they're trying too hard. The colors are weird. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they're trying to do something different. Uh, they're experimenting. I hate it. <laughs> yeah, I I've never trashed a movie that took a chance. If you tried something weird, even if it didn't work my hat's off to you i don't care like i i heard i i still want to watch um match no not match uh swiss army man yeah i've heard not that great 
but they fucking went for it. Yeah, it's, like, they, it's weird shit. They man. did some shit, mm. and like, I will always give a movie credit if it tried some. Like, sorry to bother you. Fucking, there's no like. If that movie didn't take as many big swings as it did, it'd probably be like a six or seven out of ten. Yeah. But because it fucking went for it, it is it'll forever exist as a nine out of ten for me. Like that is a Jeez. wild ride where they just went for it, man. The most dialed up to eleven out of nowhere I can think of in a movie at least. Jeff fucking yeah. hell. All right, so that is going to take us into the break. Intermission. Intermission, then maybe memes, but definitely the breakouts. No, we missed a news item. Anyway, oh. we'll see you next time. I was wrong. We did miss a news item. We're still in the other category. The Cleveland Indians are changing their name to the Guardians. Just and racists are like, oh, the Guardian, little name, generic name. And it's like, you didn't, you don't know anything about Cleveland, huh? <laughs> I do kind of love that they were just, they saw the jersey, just X'd out the I-N-D, the I-N and added a G-U-A-R. Get in there. It's, yeah. I mean, that's the same idea behind... Um, the the Washington Red Tails or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they like, just oh, want it's red still in the name. Yeah, you keep the colors, you keep the abbreviation, but you don't need to. There's like, no reason to keep the the fucking R. Kind of a hard like shift. You could yeah. like lose brand recognition, which is what it's all about. Like mm-hmm. I, I I see where they're coming from when they say that. Mm-hmm. But I fucking love Washington football team at this point. I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm actually going to be a little upset if they change it to something. Yeah, we we like all lame. dumped on it for a long time, but it's actually kind of fucking cool. Like <laughs> it's kind of fucking awesome. WFT, like it's it's so out of place, yeah. and that's what makes it. Yeah, great. it's a Swiss Army man football names. <laughs> <laughs> I'm I'm I've I have come fully around on the Washington football team. Yeah. Uh, I'm 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 ready for it to just be their name. Mm. <laughs> I am totally down. If for nothing else, because a lot of fans probably bought a bunch of merch. No, yeah. that could go out of date. And fuck that. All right. Do we have anything in the meme corner? Um, Maybe the uh, fucking film and TV discourse should have uh, been moved to the meme <laughs> corner. But I don't know. Nah, it's a good discussion. Yeah. It was organic. When it comes up, it comes up. It was fine. What? It was organic. It was. Like Eartha Kit in an airplane. <laughs> God damn it. That's a really good episode of television. I, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, golden age of TV, TV. is over because community isn't on anymore. P- community fell firmly within the, yeah. the realm of the golden age. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And fucking all the NBC comedies. I still watch that Brotherhood yeah. of Man commercial like once every few months. Yeah. I'm just like, Jesus Christ. They literally went Office, Parks and Rec, Brooklyn Nine-Nine, Community. Like just fucking. Like nonstop. The real fucking the Avengers right there. That lineup. Yeah. I... <laughs> the, the flute version. A recorder version. How does that fucking happen? Okay, so I know realistically how that happens is a bunch of SNL people wanted to break into more dedicated TV all at around the same time, and and Mike Schur. Yeah, yeah. 
one one fantastic writer <laughs> and yeah a bunch of talented actors yeah, holy shit. all happened to be on the same network which allowed them to schedule it because scheduling matters ah. so that all the shows would be back to back and the audiences would actually retain because they knew if you like this type of show gonna like this show too like mm-hmm. oh yeah and 30 rock i forgot 30 rock right well. holy Part shit uh, insane Fuck. uh and now i couldn't name a single show that's on nbc on a thursday night on order <laughs> wow that's a that's a safe bet <laughs> I mean, it was it was gonna be their Law and Order night, and then they pulled. Uh, law, they were they so they had Law and Order SVU, mm-hmm. longest show in television history at this point. It's literally been on for like twenty two years, um, long, longest scripted drama in television history. Whatever. Wait, is is, uh, is years. standard ass Law and Order not being made anymore? Law and Order's dead. Oh, yeah, I law thought it was still. Was I'm like, how did long how has SVU been on for longer than yeah, Law and no. Order? But. Law and Order uh, was famously canceled one season before it was going to uh, become the longest running mm. primetime drama. God and damn. everyone was like, what the fuck? That's kind of rude. <laughs> uh, and then SVU actually passed it. Oh, thank God um, Dick Wolf got his due, you know. Yeah. Uh, Dick Wolf, who now also has shows on, or three, he has his own uh, night on CBS. And, you know, it's all. Dick Wolf is the man. Uh, but, yeah, Law and Order SVU. Um, then spun off Law and Order Organized Crime last season uh, with uh, Elliot Stabler, played by Christopher Maloney, mm-hmm. uh, who was one of the original cast members of SVU. So he be- that was a success leading out of Law and Order SVU. So then they were like, let's do it again. Like, Law and Order. Uh, oh, fuck. What was it going to be? Uh, For the Defense is what it was going to be. It was going to be Law and Order from the perspective of the defense oh i'm <laughs> guessing like, that didn't doesn't that kind of defeat the purpose of law and order is that everyone's they're the bad guys get investigated and then go to jail and then get go to trial like it feels like you're kind of I mean, upsetting the perfect utopia that yeah. somehow they always get the real bad guy well I, i'm guessing they didn't end up doing that right they uh had it planned, they were literally like it was on the schedule. Thursday was going to be Law and Order night, and then they scrapped the show like maybe a month ago. Yeah, of course, God because damn. it was going to be a show where the cops are the bad guys in one way or they another. They announced it. They developed it. They made a pilot. They picked it up to series. They announced it. They put it on their schedule, and then two or three months before it was going to air, they said, "Eh, never mind." <laughs> Get it out of here. Die COVID they complications. Who knows how much money on this? Oh, die. No, they didn't Stuff say to... COVID. They just said it's not. <laughs> no. They just said nah. Oh, not happening. Uh, uh, they also did that the year before. They were going to make a show called Law and Order Hate Crimes. And they, they got rid of that one, too. That, so. that one. <laughs> I don't know how that one ever. That. Well, you say that, but like SVU, like. SVU is about rape. Like you can't get yeah, more sensitive than that. I forgot like, yeah, that's what SVU is about. <laughs> not ideal. Yeah, SVU is literally about rape, and a lot of it's pedophiles, mm-hmm. like raping kids. Like it's literally you can't get any more sensitive. Like I fucking <laughs> Law and Order hate crime sounds like a robot chicken parody. <laughs> like, well, again, you got to think about who are the bad guys in these shows. <laughs> In Law and Order SVU, the the bad guys are pedophiles, so no right. one has a problem making a show about it because they're like, yeah, I get to hate pedophiles. 
if they make a show about hate crimes, the bad guys are the racists committing hate crimes, and uh, there's going to be more people than you think who don't want to root against those people. But I'm going to go ahead and argue, having watched a lot of Dick Wolf programming at this point and mm-hmm. like how he's taken over, white supremacist men are kind of the only safe place to go mm-hmm. anymore for TV, network TV villains. You got to play it up. You can't just be like, no, I support Trump and therefore I want to kill this congressman. You have to be like. No, I I think white. I'm a member men of the Aryan Brotherhood. Yeah. To be yeah. at the top of the pyramid, all the unpure must like they have to be comically yep. white supremacists. But it is kind of the only safe place to go anymore, and I'm sure that's what they were thinking with hate crimes. Is we will make them so over the top racist white supremacists that like. No, no one can really complain lest they out themselves as a white supremacist. Uh, but a- so. again, there are more people than you think who are just already they've outed themselves as blatant white supremacists. No, I know. Mm-hmm. There's more people than you think, but in comparison with everyone else, like, yeah. you're, you're, you're not going to be able to convince me that more than like 10% of the population is willing to self-identify as a white supremacist, that white people are the superior race and all the impure must be eliminated. Like, that's that's going to be a small percentage. Like, mm-hmm. people aren't going to be willing to go to bat for someone characterized that way in the same vein as a pedophile. Now, yeah, if you put some nuance on it, if you actually make them say, like, no, I'm just trying to protect my cultural heritage, or no, I'm just... I just don't know if, like, it's fair that black people get to go to, like, schools in that neighborhood. You know, like, if you put nuance and actual dog whistles and stuff, mm-hmm. yeah, people are going to be very upset. But as long as you make it just cartoonish, then you can't really be mad. And it leads to it being the safe villain, honestly, most of the time. No, so. I get it. He just wanted to, like keep the property value of his neighborhood high. Like, what What are... What? Why Look, is he, he the was best? just yeah. honoring the covenant that the people who owned yeah. the house previously signed. He didn't want to break the law. Mm-hmm. This country was founded on religious principles and he was acting in balance with... Yeah, fucking hell. Um, yeah. The sons of Canaan were cursed with dark skin, so therefore <laughs> black people are cursed and should be enslaved. Yeah, people forget that the Bible was used for yeah. thousands of years to justify slavery. Right before, right before they made changed all that to be homophobic. <laughs> well, yeah, it's yeah. out of convenience. Oh yeah, um, ninety-six times it says shellfish is a sin. Only like twelve times I think it says homosexual relations are a sin. Mm. But I think most. <laughs> Most Christians eat eat shrimp. Mm. <laughs> uh, yeah. Oh, this guy. I'm a real Christian. Look, I, honestly, you know what? Um, if you're gonna actually somehow follow all the rules and the, like, you can't have facial hair. You can't 
you must stone your wife mm-hmm. if she commits certain if you're gonna actually do that then yeah man i guess i don't know what to tell you like sure wait hold on <laughs> at least you're not being full-blown like is it hypocritical about is it is the rule you can't have facial hair or you can't shave it off i don't remember no it's that you can't have it oh, like, okay. it's, it's legitimately in the old testament because it's considered unclean i thought i thought a it was lot the of it was mm-hmm. no a lot of it was just that like they're trying to like the elders of a tribe of human beings thousands yeah. of years ago said hmm when we eat pork we get sick let's make a rule you can't eat pork. Yeah. like they don't know what's going on people who get beards are getting sick more often no beards or yeah like just i hate women fucking tone your wife yeah no exactly like the the gender yeah. gender politics don't exist like literally women are property like uh yeah like it, it, you see where it comes from if you're not mm-hmm. literally brainwashed but yeah like so if you're gonna actually follow what tribal leaders from thousands of years ago wrote down in a book once i guess i don't know what to tell you it's the same thing of my argument with the second amendment where it's like if you really do think that like in order to atta- uh, maintain a well-established militia which means we got to be given nukes to random yahoos so that they can defend themselves against the federal government I guess I don't know what to tell you if you actually hold that opinion because your logic is somewhat sound, but I don't think most of you are going to have that opinion. It's it's just this uh, this fat, racist, sexist, southern man holding <laughs> a fistful of bacon in one hand <laughs> and, and hating homosexuals in the other. He's like trying to, he's like, oh, 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 oh what shit. do I choose? No. Yeah, you can you can make arguments against um, the Second Amendment too, using Bible like using the biblical arguments like certain levels of advanced weaponry like they they have limitations placed on what can be used as weaponry in war. There's Bible verses that specifically go into that. Like you can you can literally cobble together a a somewhat coherent argument against assault rifles using Bible verses. <laughs> like so, have fun with that one. Like yeah. All right, that will take us into the breakouts. What are you guys checking out? I beat Andrew and Madden yesterday. He was in a Shit. a rough state of travel exhaustion and <laughs> yeah that's why it didn't I go lost. well no other you reason. just beat me like less than a month ago yeah, like, no, I, don't I pretend I, that i'm this unstoppable juggernaut it's just you have bad games and then you compound your bad mistakes because you kind of give up and that's that yeah so yeah it was fun cool it was back back to it although i don't have air conditioning out there so i was also not having a good time, sweating, sweating a lot. I was a literal sweat. <laughs> <laughs> so um, I watched a new show that was recommended to me on a different podcast. Um, have either of you heard of the show Kevin Can Fuck Himself? Yeah. yeah. Based on Kevin Can Wait, where they killed his wife after one season and replaced her with Leah Remini because yeah. of King of Queens. I fucking love Kevin can fuck himself. Nice. I it golden age of television. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you guys are aware of like the setup of the show, though, right? 
Yeah, pretty much. Okay. Uh, to the listener, then, like, the show uh, out of the gate presents itself. It's, like, standard, like, single-camera sitcom, the oaf of a husband, wife, just, like, oh, well-meaning. But, oh, yeah, no, she loves him at the end of the day. She can put up with his hijinks. But then as soon as Kevin and his buddies leave, it changes into just a drama. A very like poor lighting everything goes from like sitcom clean to just drama grime which is a lot of fun for me as somebody who just likes television who just likes television that plays around with tv tropes um and then yeah at the end of the first episode this woman uh who is just carrying the entire show um just goes on a bender and after getting really drunk and doing a bunch of cocaine with townies, decides that she's going to murder her sitcom husband. And then sets out to do it over the course of the rest of the season. And I'm not going to get super deep into spoilers, but it's really good. Mm. Yeah. And then yeah, it's making waves. And just even outside of its main plot, which is a lot of fun, a lot of twists and turns, the show really nails the vibe of small town America. Uh, I think this is happening in like a maybe technically a Boston suburb, but way out there. Whereas just all of these characters have nothing going on and the everyday sadness that kind of comes with that is... Well, yeah, like, <laughs> well, in the first episode, uh, the wife of the show, um, her name is escaping me right now, and I'm terrible. Um, she just, like, has a job working at her aunt's liquor store and is just constantly being gaslit by the people around her into how great of a job that is. Uh, it, it's heartbreaking. It's heartbreaking to see these people that are very familiar to me live their sad lives and are just in a lot of cases aware of it fuck yeah i dig it yeah why women kill also is a similar concept without the sitcom husband aspect where yeah it's just like piece of shit men Mm -hmm. throughout the course of history it's like a three-pronged story they always do three eras uh piece of shit husbands abusing their wives across eras like from you know the uh 1950s classic like he's you know like he's violent and you know like actively suppressing her to like the modern it's um the guy from veep uh fuck reed reed scott i think is his name mm-hmm. you, know, you know who he is from veep the the douchebag uh god what's his name though i haven't watched veep in a little bit you watch veep right lucas uh, some episodes. Fuck. I'm sorry. <laughs> Never mind. Uh, like the modern douchebag yeah. husband who's like, "Ooh, we should do an open relationship," and like you know, like the modern abuses. Yeah, you know, yeah. And then, yeah, the same thing. The women all in in their own respective timelines go like, "I'm gonna kill my husband." <laughs> so, um, yeah. I will just say that the uh, super quick one last thing about uh, Kevin can fuck himself. The guy they got to play Kevin is perfect. Like, yeah. just. Yep, that... Does he look like Kevin Smith? Or not Kevin Smith. Uh, Kevin James. They all have first He's, names. Or they all have names, anyway. 
No, yeah, definitely. Like, you can definitely tell that that's what they were going for. And um, he's great in the role. And I think his only other big acting credit is that he played Shrek in Shrek the Musical. Oh, yeah. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah. Eric Peterson? I, yes, I believe so. Forgot about the Shrek musical. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Best known for his starring role as the titular character in the AMC dark comedy series Kevin Can Fuck Himself. Mm-hmm. Nails yeah. it. I mean, if they're calling it Kevin Can Fuck Himself and it's based on <laughs> like a show called Kevin Can Wait, yeah. in which the main actress was fired from. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. Uh, but then I will say then that uh, the actress playing Allison, the wife, uh, Annie Murphy, carrying this shit, just, God, doing a lot of incredible work. Um, yeah, she's from Shit's Creek, too. Yeah. Um, all right. Andrew, what have you been checking out besides the great, humid state of Florida? Nothing. Yeah. I spent the last week in Florida sweating my ass off through 100% humidity. What about the week before that? We didn't record. The week before that, Ryan was in Wisconsin, and we went... So you didn't do anything? No, we talked about that on the podcast. I, Lucas and I recorded. Not the voluntary viewing podcast. Oh. No. Yeah. So what'd you watch the week before that? Um, I'm, st- I'm still playing uh, Metro Exodus, Ooh. which is still fun and atmospheric and difficult um yeah that's it <laughs> i thought aaron hay oh, sorry I didn't mean no just say, other than that working on my uh video my youtube video i thought i was gonna do a bunch of editing in florida this week but it didn't work out and then oh that's yeah yeah that's right i forgot a part of why you weren't checking stuff out because you weren't allowed to have fun for a little bit there as an experiment. <laughs> We're not allowed to have fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm giving you shit. Uh, you are saying, Ryan? I thought that Aaron Hayes was involved in the show. Um, Kevin's wife in Kevin Can Wait that got murdered uh, after one season. But I don't I, know if she is. You know what? Actually, I'm going to come that's, cards. That's kind of bullshit. I'm going to come cards clean. I actually don't know, like the story behind like that show was the actress not working out and then they killed her in universe to get her off it or yeah so kevin can wait was a sitcom that was basically just kevin james sitcom like same thing they hired a different wife i think maybe because you know they didn't want to just literally do king of queens part two Mm -hmm. with leah remini um and it was kind of before the golden age of just reboot old yeah hit shows um and yeah, I mean, same bullshit. Like, yeah, it's the same trope. Like, Kevin James is like this stupid fat man who does physical comedy and right. you know, doesn't really belong. And she's like the perfect wife and blah, 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 blah. And it just, I think that because, yeah, it was a tired sitcom, uh, no one was really vibing with it that much in the first season. Mm-hmm. And then, um, sorry, my lights just went out. <laughs> uh, but power's still on. Yeah. But then, well, what's it, it called? It is it is related to it somehow. I know that Aaron Hayes isn't in Kevin Can Fuck Himself, but I mean, the the last sentence in the Wikipedia description, first paragraph of Kevin Can Wait is Aaron Hayes's 
firing was the inspiration for the AMC dark comedy Kevin. No, Kupak I know. Himself. Okay. No, that's what I was getting to. Is yeah, like she, it wasn't really working out. They moved on from her uh, in the last two episodes of season one. Leah Remini guest starred, and clearly Kevin James and Leah Remini still had a bunch of chemistry because they worked together for like a decade on a very successful sitcom. So then they kind of were like, oh, all right, let's move on from the wife. And rather than have them get divorced or something, they like killed her. Mm -hmm. Like they killed her character and yeah, had Leah Remini move in as the new kind of like interest. Um, and yeah, it just didn't go well. Aaron Hayes was upset about it and a lot of people were upset about it. And yeah, inspired the show. Kevin can fuck himself. But I thought she was involved in it. And if she's not, I feel like that's kind of shitty. I don't know. Maybe that's just me. Like, I feel like you've got to give her at least a role or at least some sort of like credit that like her story is what literally inspired the show to the point where they named it yeah. after the sitcom that she was in. But I, I'm looking at IMDb and she has no credit whatsoever. Like not even a like, smaller role. She doesn't have like any writer credit, producer credit, nothing like. And I feel like that I, 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 I had I was almost positive that mm -hmm. maybe when it was announced she was involved, but yeah. Weird. Um Oh yeah. You're kinda just perpetuating the same thing if you're not gonna <laughs> then help her out. But Yeah, I'm not I'm not finding an explanation for that. I hope Aaron Hayes is doing okay. She's not. <laughs> oh. Doesn't have any roles. They hired Annie Murphy, who is coming off of a huge, successful yeah. TV show where, like, they won Emmys and stuff. <laughs> well, okay, that's an... That, okay, that might not... Kevin can wait down a couple couple positions in our uh, oh, 2021 top himself, 10. Uh, Kevin can fuck himself. Yeah, God damn it. Now they're the same yeah, thing in my mind. Kevin can wait in the 2021 top <sighs> 10. Hell yeah. Fuck. Uh... A game that probably won't be in my uh, top 10 video games for 2021, 2021, though, Legend of Zelda Skyward Sword. It's fine. That means it's that Lucas game. will have played more than 10 video games in 2021, unlike the rest of us. Yeah. Yeah, what am I at now? Actually, let me... Um... One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. Ten. Oh yeah, I knocked out ten games in the first quarter of the year. So that's what's up, I guess. I don't know if all of them count, but yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Skyward Sword, fine. Like Zelda game, it's fun. I... Make they make some interesting decisions in a way that basically every way they try to change up the Zelda formula, like the standard like before breath of the wild zelda formula in this game is a change i don't necessarily agree with so yeah i'm just i get it they tried to do some stuff respect that not for me took a swing not to my liking but whatever that's how it is still better than most other video games i think by the fact of being a zelda game and nailing that shit but the heavy, heavy burden of being a Zelda game. <laughs> Got it. 
got to got to find a way to get a bow and arrow in there. Got to find a way to get a hook shot in there. Yeah. It's so hard, you know? So few video games can <laughs> work a bow and arrow into <laughs> gameplay. Got to got to have a foundation of misogyny like saving the princess narrative more or less. Yeah. Although Zelda That's is also a- really hard yeah. in modern video games. <laughs> Zelda is at least given shit to do in this one, but it's also gathering kind of- flowers and <laughs> and cooking or something yeah, like and singing a song <laughs> you joke but wasn't that in a zelda game I'm that was like zelda's role that, it was. that she like that she was like the musical i thought yeah maybe i'm mistaken uh, yeah well zelda always intru- introduces some kind of song in the 3d games at least yeah um I don't know, she's, she's off-screen. She's doing important stuff. It's kind of a la keeping Ganon sealed in Breath of the Wild, but eh, it's not great. It's not cool. Um, I don't know. I watched a lot of Breath of the Wild, and did they really emphasize that, or was it just kind of like a very, very deep background thing? No, no, it was a very, very deep background. Don't... Yeah. Don't... I. I know that the whole thing was that, like, the reason things were happening was, yeah, Zelda was holding Ganon back. But, like, it was not that Zelda had, I don't know, discovered feminism and, you know, was fighting <laughs> back. It was just, I have a magic inside me. And I talk hmm. like this. Is, is that Italian? <laughs> it's hey, a it's me, Zelda. <laughs> yeah. Wait, does Peach have an Italian accent? Uh, I don't know if I've ever heard Peach bit, talk yeah. for an extended amount of time. I don't time. think I've ever heard Aww. Peach say anything. I heard her go, oh, or whatever the fuck, like, her, her one-line vocalization, but... Um, a little bit, a little bit, maybe. I'm sure she's talked in the past, and I'm curious if she has an Italian accent. Although, like, I will say, the one interesting thing about Lincoln Zelda's relationship in this one is that Andrew, you know how in Breath of the Wild it's like Lincoln Zelda definitely want to fuck but like, and maybe they are but like that's not super relevant to what's going on so that's more in the background yeah I Link is kind of Zelda's loser boyfriend in this game or she wants him to be, but she's kind of like, dude, you gotta get your shit together, man. Like, I really great. don't think it's as like, like nuanced you... and creative as what you're saying. Yeah. <laughs> no, like it. It opens with her kind of saying, "Dude, you gotta stop being lazy, man, and like start being more proactive about your life." And like, she being very clearly into him, but like. Nah, dude, you gotta get your priorities better. You gotta... I can't be the one to initiate this relationship. You have to do that, at least. It's the the manga trope of, I'm just a lazy, fat slob and don't do anything, but this hot girl still wants me. What do I do? No, it is the childhood friend trope, definitely. Yeah. Oh, the childhood friend trope. I forget. Yeah, that's a thing, isn't it? Oh, yeah. Oh, good God. That's fucked. And so once again, in American media, the childhood friend is like there, but like the guy deserves, quote unquote, right. like yeah, he's a they're, good they're, guy. They're going for 
Yeah, but he wants the really hot girl, right. like because he's blinded by her looks. And then mm-hmm. at the end of the movie, he realizes that there was someone for him all along. But like, yeah, he's not a big piece of shit. <laughs> like, he's just he's a well-intentioned uh-huh. but like blinded by lust guy. <laughs> like <laughs> it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Lucas, you told me you don't like anime anymore. This is this Oh, is did Lucas tell you he doesn't like anime anymore? He said it verbatim. I am not even paraphrasing. He said I don't like anime oh, anymore. Oh, Lucas. I'm, I'm off happened? my bullshit. I'm sorry. I I don't know, man. You just it's a bad it's a bad season. It's a bad quarter. Not a lot of great stuff coming out. Maybe I'll oh, be no, singing. Oh no, Lucas's quarterly anime review. It's gonna be <laughs> a bad one. Maybe I'll be singing a different tune when Volume Six of Chainsaw Man releases on on the third. But I don't know. What it, a little yeah. down right now. What if um, what if Lucas does his quarterly anime review? Lists all the popular anime, and he's like, "Yeah, no, these all fucking suck." And we check them out, anime. and they're actually really good. Yeah. We're like, wait, hold on. Yeah, this I sounds like a should... really interesting concept. Yeah, we should flip it. We should be really pro-anime if we just insulting <laughs> anime for one quarter. Just the contrarian yeah. corner. Yeah, I mm. want to see your uh, planning doc so that I can look at all the ones you hate and watch them all oh. so that I can have really informed opinions as to why you're wrong. Lucas is just doing, like, a triple reverse psychology and he's like, oh, yeah, man, he, these he are all really the anime I hate. Dragon Ball Z and Chainsaw <laughs> Man and One Piece. Oh, they're so bad. They're not Ch- good. <laughs> Yu Hakusho. Uh, Beastars. <laughs> it's, just, it's just the bit from the other guys where uh, Matt Wahlberg's character is a terrific dancer. and <laughs> yeah, No, we learned how to do this ironically. <laughs> to make fun of the kid. Yeah, no. Did you get a slight boost to anime? Uh, you 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 sent the Jessica Negri cosplay of Chainsaw Man. <laughs> was that a a slight plus to your opinion of anime? That was a nice little windfall for me. I needed yeah. that. I needed that big. Yeah, man. you you did. You were down bad. I, I, you were you yeah. were down way bad on anime. Uh, yeah, thank you, Jessica Negri, for that. And you know what? Loving the career arc. Loving you getting big with a lollipop chainsaw, and now you're doing Chainsaw Man content. It's nice. Sure is getting big. <laughs> uh, we got to move. The development. <laughs> anyway. We got to move into the group chat. <laughs> uh, we got like two episodes of Rick and Morty to talk about quick. No, we don't. Oh, shit. Yeah. Yeah. Wait. Oh, Andrew, are you behind? Yeah, I didn't watch this last week's episode. Uh, Aw. I thought that was a bit of a return to form. Yeah. yeah. I know. I've, it was a Thanksgiving episode in the middle I know, of July. I've, not, I've not seen the Thanksgiving episode. I did see um, the Hellraiser episode, and it was fine. Trying to think, and before that, was that the Sperm episode? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yes. So the last two episodes, we talked about Sperm. Yeah, mm-hmm. we talked about Sperm and how it was bad. We did not talk about Hellraiser. Um, I thought it was okay in the way that it was two B plots. <laughs> To a, <laughs> what would have been two B plots in two yeah. separate other Rick and Morty's to the main plots of those episodes, and they just put two B plots together and called it an episode, and it I don't know it wasn't very good. I didn't I think it was know. terrible. 
I was waiting for them to take the critique of Hellraiser one level deeper, but it never really felt like it got beyond... It's weird that these guys... They like like bad stuff. Yeah, and the the infinite loop of that. So I finished Harmontown like a week ago or so, and... um, like I, I, I have now listened to every single episode of Harmontown, which is fucking insane to me. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, like they're talking about the they, they talk about that. That's a running joke is, yeah, how demons and like the Adams family and like all people who like bad stuff, how like, yeah, they will always like everything because if they hate good stuff, that makes them hate it, which makes them love it. Like, you know, like it's just. It's always that you can, mm-hmm. you know, trace it back to them loving it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I thought delightful. I thought that joke was good once, and then they did it yeah. ten more times, and it's like, uh... yeah. I so yeah, yeah. That that episode not. I mean, once again, none of these episodes are terrible for me because I, they're all Rick and Morty, and they're kind of fun. Like, but yeah, I expect more, and I'm not getting it. Other than I would argue. The first episode and the Thanksgiving episode. Buckle up, so. uh, I will say though, I, I think I think you'll have fun okay, with the Thanksgiving yeah, one. I think it's it's solid. <laughs> it was a return to form. I don't think it was yeah. as good. I thought the first episode was legitimately like peak Rick and Morty. Like that's them at their best. Right. Uh, but I, I I thought this was a solid mm-hmm. like one that you you'd go back and rewatch. Yeah. Um. Really excited for tonight's though. Which is going to be the fucking anime episode of Rick and Morty. And there have been enough subtle nods and winks and references so far in the series that, like, this writer's room probably has some some opinions. They probably get, like, what makes that entertainment medium really good and also really bad. And I can't wait to see them get into that a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. At least I hope they do. I just don't know what they can add to the conversation that we haven't already done on this podcast. Yeah. Right. Yeah, they're just going to bite off yeah. the they're Voluntary gonna... Viewing podcast. Har- Dan Harmon has listened to every single episode of the Voluntary Viewing podcast. Yeah. And he's just now <laughs> he caught heard up, that I was re- Yeah, he heard that I was re-listening to Harmontown. He was like, all right, let's listen to 150 episodes of 320-somethings. He's like, yo, listen to these guys rip on anime, and then one guy tried to sadly defend it. <laughs> <laughs> one guy half-heartedly being forced into the role of defending the worst parts of anime, even though he 100% agrees that they're really, really bad. Like, Yeah. Yeah. You haven't once made the argument that like it's a different culture, which I appreciate. No, that so, is. Yeah, like, that's it's not, not an argument. <laughs> I, I, well, I you, you would you you'll find different opinions on all sorts of uh, platforms. No, and like that uh, than that, you will get that on Tumblr. You'll get that on Twitter. Yeah. You'll get that on Reddit. Like every single platform will have someone espouse a semi-popular opinion that, like, well, it's in Japan they just have different cultural norms, and it's actually kind of like problematic for you to apply western norms to and it's just like but we're talking about yeah universal morality things not so much like the fact that they eat food a certain way or you know like it's not applying western cultural norms Mm -hmm. so much as like there is an object unless you disagree and don't think that morality can be objective like (laughs) 
you know? I understand where you're coming from. This media, and like this is a part of why it appeals to me, created in a different culture with a lot of different uh, unique ways of expressing values. This shit is still sexist, though. Like that, <laughs> both of these things can be true. This shit is still pedophilic. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That... That is an increasing problem in the anime and manga industries, how there are a lot of just pedophiles working there, and nobody seems to be doing anything about that. Yeah. It's, it's, it's Matt Gates is still in Congress. Active. Like, yeah. yeah, yeah, not even just in Congress, but like outspoken in mm-hmm. Congress. Like he's he's basically bragging. Like they tried to cancel yeah, me. He's one of me, the faces of the Republican like, Party. He's like overwhelmingly yeah. one of the more popular members of the party, and he is an actual pedophile. <laughs> No, yeah, he just yeah. is not even just an actual pedophile. He's an actual child predator. Yeah, no, he's like he, a he's a sex there is a difference. If he, like, yeah, if he was a self-admitted pedophile, but like said, I would never ever act on these urges. Be weird, but like you know, at least he's fine and not a criminal. He's just a real life like worst person <laughs> on the face of the earth mm-hmm. type. Like <laughs> the the last thing I'm gonna say about this is. Um, I remember in one of my sociology classes that I was taking when I was a freshman, um, it was basically all about, like, the different perspectives on culture that different cultures have, basically, you know, like, all that kind of stuff. Basic shit, you know, that when you're 18 years old, you're like, wow, I never thought of it like that. You know, it was like, different cultures see stuff differently. So when you judge another culture, you're using the lens of your culture to judge that culture, and that's wrong. You know, for example, different cultures view death differently. And in this one uh, Pacific Island tribe, when members of the tribe get too old to take care of themselves, they get buried alive and die. And it's not seen as killing them because they're like, that's the natural stage. And everyone mourns them like, man, wish, wish grandma didn't die as you are shoveling sand onto their screaming still alive body. And I'm like, oh, this particular case is different. Yeah, <laughs> I, we can say that about like different cultures' view on femininity and mm-hmm. masculinity and religion and shit like that. You're talking about murder of people over right. the yeah. age of seventy-five. I, if it were a situation where like everybody there, it's a culture where yeah, you turn ninety and then you just kind of wander off and then that's fine that's different you know that's i think people yeah, are participating yeah. in if active harm is being done that's when it's but but that's you can't the, use that's the group of, think for this yeah. for this uh tribe they they bury the elders under the sand and let them die and then they all pretend that they just disappeared yeah well it's basically yeah it's it's the slippery slope fallacy of like, well, if we start judging them for that, then we're going to start judging for these this custom and this. And, it, and it's just like, I think there's a pretty easy line here. Yeah. Like, I think I don't think it's slippery at all. I think it's a pretty you got firm grip on this slope. You can mm-hmm. you can pretty easily be like, oh, is this person being actively harmed or oppressed? That's that's the line for me. That's <laughs> seems like a pretty easy line to me. But oh, well. Yeah, no. no, it's 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 interesting, but I think that yeah, there's times where there's just objective morality that doesn't have to be 
blinded by any sort of lens and you can just be like, well, I understand why they don't object to it. And it's, yeah, like you said, it's groupthink. It's, they've been conditioned their entire lives to pretend that this is all normal, but like, doesn't make it right. Like we do that in the Western, Mm -hmm. in, in the Western world a lot too. Like we just pretend that, yeah, you just let homeless people freeze to death in the winter. Like that's just what you do. Like, oh man, we're all kind of conditioned to be okay with that. But like, that's fucked. <laughs> like, I could say that that's that's super fucked. Yep. yep. <laughs> so, yeah. Also, the Packers. Aaron Rodgers is. Oh yeah, back. we didn't talk about that at and all. Randall Cobb, more importantly. Yeah. Yeah. And Randall <laughs> Cobb is back. Holy shit. Good. What? The Packers and Aaron Rodgers had irreconcilable differences, and they're like, "Oh, Aaron, we'll do anything." And he's like, "Well, get me Randall Cobb." And they're like, oh, "Wait, that's it? What?" <laughs> That's it? That's that's easy. And then when we actually made the trade and it was just a sixth rounder and the Texans absorbed half of his salary, I was like, what? We, we might have we should have probably done this without <laughs> yeah, what, what else can that's we really do? All like, can we reach out to other teams and say, Hey, you know those yeah. good guys that you have on your team? <laughs> what if you just paid them most of their money and we gave you nothing in return? Yeah. Is Micah Hyde available? Like is <laughs> Could we bring back Casey Hayward? Like, I'll do it for these prices. Like, a sixth rounder is a guy that might not make the roster. And the only reason not to do it was his salary, and the Texans ate half of it. Like, we're just... No, they really wanted the Packers' sixth rounder. The the, the Texans reached out to the Packers like, yo, man... We we want part of your roster. Oh, what what do, what do you want? Like a back end guy? No, we want your sixth round pick. Man, we will do anything for that sixth round pick. <laughs> well, what do you want to get? What what are you willing to give up? How about Randall Cobb, Aaron Rodgers' best yeah. friend? <laughs> How about Deshaun Watson? And we were like, mm, we don't. <laughs> and like, All right, Randall Cobb. And we're like, oh yeah, well, his salary is a little high though. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh interesting like and no, we got the cap space man we'll pay him we just want that six rounder it is well i i pictured they're literally like randall cobb and all the packers front office is just like um his salary is a little high puts themselves on mute and just break out laughing yeah. fucking losing their shit and just like okay we'll yeah, eat it, half of it and just like oh, <laughs> pleasure doing business with you hangs up just fucking no, laughs like, out loud. Yo, is Bill yeah, O'Brien what? back? <laughs> yeah. What three-dimensional bullshit chess is going on in Texas that they're like, this is a good trade. We're doing the right thing it's, here. Randall Cobb wanted out, yeah, I'm Rand- sure. Oh, I'm sure okay. Randall Cobb, when he got wind that there was potential for him to leave the fucking dumpster fire that is the Houston Texans, mm-hmm. he was like, um... Yeah, and, and, Texans, and that's the thing is, the this. Texans have literally no incentive to try to win games. Like, they are about to... I mean, they, they have already imploded, but, like, they're about to get even right. worse. They haven't had a first... Don't they not have a, their draft pick this no, year? No, they, they do have a first-round pick this they year. They do have it this so year? So they do have an okay. incentive to be bad. Like, they, they have no this reason year, to yeah. win games. But But the last two years, they haven't had first or second-round picks... So they have no guys that are currently developing. They're going to have to start planning for five or six years in the future, which is why getting rid of your good players that cost money and trying to absorb as many fucking picks, no matter how small as you can, is the only way to go. They're going to lose their franchise quarterback one way or another. Uh, Maybe they'll get picks out of them, but maybe not. 
they they've already lost almost every other part of their talented offense and or defense. By the time Laramie Tunsil's contract is up, like it's going to be two or three years from now. Like they're going to be bad no matter what. He's going to be gone at some point. Yeah, it's it's bad. Or you could be like I, me, Andrew, and have 23 first-round picks on top of being the best team in the NFL. I, we're starting to go on just How, a, Why don't they just do that? It seems easy. We're starting to go on just a little bit, but isn't the new Houston coach just a guy? Yeah, he he's less than a guy. Yeah. Like... He's a bad coach. He's a bad position coach. He's a bad coach. position coach, which, yeah, position coaches have to usually get promoted to coordinator mm-hmm. before they can be even considered for a head coaching job. He wasn't even a good position. He ran a bad position group. The Ravens had the worst wide receivers in the NFL last year, and that's the position I, he was coaching. And I think like, before that, he may have been like the running it, – It was he's had three or four different times – because he's coached different positions. If you coach the running backs, you can probably also coach, you know, the wide receivers at some point or the quarterbacks, whatever. He he has uh, coached like bottom five positions in the NFL for like six years in a row. <laughs> I I would not be surprised if they hired the coach in an attempt to start their tank. Yeah, it's Ted Lasso. Yeah. <laughs> like literally, they're just like, let's get this guy. Because he's bad on purpose, mm-hmm. like, and I know, yeah, the tank commander. That's what they, that's what they call him. They exist. And like, I know that it happens in the NBA a lot. In the NBA, there might be a coach that like a team wants to tank, and there's a coach that's kind of keeping them hovering around 500. So they'll fire that coach, and then bring in an interim coach, and they call him the tank commander. So, yeah. Uh, and the Houston owner is like a religious zealot, right? Yeah. Okay, reminder that the Houston uh, owner is a religious zealot, everyone. Yeah, and hires Jack Easterby, who's just a literal con man, (laughs) to be the guy who runs the team. No, he's going to bring Houston a monorail. It'll be great. Hell yeah. All right. Thank you all so much for listening to episode 150 of the Voluntary Reviewing Podcast which will probably be titled either No Punchlines, They're Trying Too Hard, The Colors Are Weird, or The Contrarian Corner. We'll figure that out in post. If you like what you heard, like, comment, subscribe, etc., check us out on Instagram, YouTube, and TikTok, where we got some brand spanking new highlight clips that are terrific. Uh, email voluntaryreviewing at gmail.com if you have questions or uh, want to bring us some business opportunities. Act blue link in the description if you want to help a collection of great progressive causes. We have a Patreon if you want to help us keep the lights on and join the likes of the terrific Tiffany Cole, Sucky Badger, and Sensual Richard Nixon. You can also give us the money, mo- uh, give us money directly through Anchor, which is fantastic. Follow us on Twitter at V2 underscore podcast for updates, and follow me at Lucas Writer on Twitter to keep up with all of my writing. Good luck out there, everybody. <laughs> <laughs>